Before we dive into this week's podcast masterclass, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel. If you are a podcaster and you're looking to level up your podcast, launch, scale, monetize, whatever it is, then my YouTube channel is the thing for you. I have actionable tutorials, things that show you how to do things, all the stuff that you're not sure how to do. Maybe if I'm mentioning it in this podcast episode, there's a very, very, very high chance it's somewhere on that channel. So go and please check it out that you can subscribe to it right now on the show notes. Go on, give it a click. Let's jump into the masterclass. Have you ever wondered why the same people keep appearing on all the podcasts that you are watching? Why the same content creators are all in each other's shows? Well, in today's episode, I'm lucky enough to bring on the wonderful Philip Van Dusen, who is a branding expert, content creator, and podcaster himself. And he explains exactly what he calls the content mafia is and how you can get into it. Hello, hello, Philip. Welcome to the show. Hey, Ash. Thanks for having me on. Mate, super excited. I love I love chatting to you in general. Like I just and it's just always a pleasure. And um I was actually the reason why I reached out to you was because I was looking, trying to repurpose some of our old content and I was like, I just need to speak to him again. I have no hair now. <laughs> I, I've got better equipment. I don't think I can reuse this stuff. <laughs> so and also it's always good to touch base with you, but it's been a year since we last spoke. Yeah, so that's what developing content does to you. It makes you lose your hair. So just be aware of that, anyone watching that. You know, if you have a real attachment, it's going to make you go gray and then it falls out. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, though, I was chatting to a lot of YouTubers since then and and, um, since we last spoke, and every one of them got it seems to be the common theme is some form of facial hair, glasses, and no beard and no hair at all. So, um, Maybe that, you know, maybe it's just, it's just part of the gift and curse. It's just us homely guys. We just get into content. <laughs> so, the reason why I wanted to, uh, the reason I wanted to have you on the show, um, Philip, was actually to talk about what I watched a video you did called um, the content mafia. That was a thing that I, and yeah. me and you spoke a little bit about it off air, but I watched this video and it was talking about how you can't constantly see people jumping in, in the same, you know, the same kind of ecosystem. Funny enough, me and you are literally talking before we go live about the people we know, and it's the same ecosystem. So I wanted to break that down for my listeners because it's, I think, it's super relevant for people who are trying to get on to podcasts and they're trying to guest onto other people's shows, build their audience, build their brand, build their personal brand, and genuinely, there isn't anybody better to talk about that than you. So, um, what is the content mafia? What do you, what do you mean by this? When I when I watched that video, what does it mean? The content mafia, uh, well, see, when I first got into uh, digital entrepreneurship, right, I came out of a 25-year career in big corporate, big agency, and I came, I started listening to podcasts. Of course, I came across Pat Flynn first. Everyone hits Pat first, right, because he always comes up first in search. When you search anything entrepreneur on um, iTunes, what was iTunes? Apple Podcasts. And, you know, I listen to some Pat Flynn and then John Lee Dima shows up on his show and then Chris Ducker shows up on his show. And then I'm like, oh, Chris Ducker. So I look up Chris Ducker and he's got a podcast. So I start listening to his podcast and no, oh, lo and behold, you know, um, John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn show up on Chris's podcast. Right. And so you start to realize, number one, you get drawn in and that's where you learn about some of the leaders in digital entrepreneurship. But then you also, over time, start realizing all these people are on each other's shows. They're all promoting across each other's audiences because they have the same audience. A lot of times it's the same. um, The audience has the same needs. They are looking for the same sort of information. And 
it, there just may be a particular sort of personality that they like learning from or like listening to more than anybody else. And so the content mafia is essentially that. It's like the la familia, right? It's like all of the people who, who develop content on a regular basis will invite each other on their shows so they can leverage and grow their audience. Um, the reason why people do it is because the quickest way to grow your audience is by leveraging the audiences of others. You can grow an audience, you know, completely organically. It is a slow and laborious process, but the more that you leverage and can, you know, develop relationships, add value to other people's shows, you can get exposure to other large bodies of, of people who can, you can then draw over to your content sphere. It's it's a very interesting take on it, and it's one of those where I um I was searching through your YouTube channel, it appeared, and I was like, oh, I love, first of all, I love the the concept, the name. I think it's an awesome name. Um, but it but it is uh, something I noticed when I got into the creative space was, as you said, the same faces kept appearing, and it kept being like, oh, okay. And, and at the beginning, when you first start, I remember like thinking about Roberto Blake. I know that you're friends with Roberto Blake, and it was one of those where I remember seeing Roberto Blake. And then I was like, okay. And then I see him on Nick's show. Oh, and then I see him with you. And then I see him with, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. They all, it's a very small world. And um, it, it was really quite interesting, but it can feel like from an outsider. And this is what I love. An outsider, like, how do you ever get into that space? Because it seems like they've got all of the good stuff. The people on the outside, we have no idea how to get into it. So you as someone who's a digital entrepreneur, you've got, you have started from the beginning, got your way into it. How, how do you get into the content mafia, so to speak? How do you get into the inner circle? You have to, you have to have something to offer others for one thing, meaning there's two things that you can offer others. One is your expertise, your knowledge, and the value you're actually bringing to their audience. That's number one. Number two is, do you have an audience that you can bring to them? And so those are the kind of two big pieces. So you want to start off with what is my expertise? What am I going to bring to other shows? And who are and what are those shows that are going to value what I am actually bringing, right? And so, and then the good idea is to develop your own content platform, whether that's a podcast or a YouTube channel or, um, you know, whatever it else it is that you do. Um, you could be speaking live for all you know, when we can do that again after COVID. Um, and so those are the two things you need. You need your own expertise and then you need to develop an audience of your own. And in order to develop an audience of your own, you have to start developing content regularly. And as you know, um, over a long period of time. It definitely. That's, it's one of those things that I always find like, so to get to, to get the eyeballs of somebody. And I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed once you're in, in, it's a lot easier once you've got traction. <clears throat> once you've like, once you can say, Oh yeah, I know X, Y, and Z, then they'll go, yeah, sure. I'll interview. It's like, I've noticed that myself where the caliber of guests that would come onto the show went up to be completely honest with you, Philip, it went up as soon as I interviewed you because we had mutual friends. I interviewed you when I interviewed you, you were in the YouTube space. I could, and I noticed that. And this is like, when I was watching your video, I was like, I have to speak to you about it because you are the direct, you are the first for me, it was the first in. You were the first person I interviewed within that larger YouTube space that allowed me then to go, well, if Philip thinks that he's all right, then yeah, we'll speak to him. And and I noticed that. And then we, we kind of snowballs into now people go, 
use my name, which is bizarre. Um, so it's one of those very weird things. But how so how do you? I, I realize I didn't actually answer your question, which is like, how do you get in at the beginning, right? And that how you get in is you ask people. You have to get over yourself <laughs> and get over the fear. And so I started with people that I had kind of met. Like, so I had been in Chris Ducker's Upreneur group for a couple of years and I knew him. So I invited him on the show and he graciously said, yes, I had met Amy Schmidauer, who is now Amy Landino at a conference in London. And we had a nice conversation and I asked her actually the second I met her, if she would come on my podcast, then she of course said yes, because I was standing right in front of her. And when I got back to the U S I held her to that. I got her on my show. Um, I just reached right out to Chris Doe and asked him and he was very gracious. I didn't really have that big an audience at the beginning, but I think that he saw the value of the content that I had. And also he also realized you know, my 25 year career in the branding industry was going to bring a whole lot of value to his audience eventually. And so he came on my show. He wanted exposure to my audience. And then he invited me on the future podcast. And, you know, I still get people co commenting on that episode or when they reach out to me or say, I've, first heard you on, you know, Christos at the future podcast. And so you just have to get over yourself and start asking people. So, and that's one of the things I think would be a good thing to talk about on your show um, today, Ash, is that how do you get pitched and how do you pitch yourself to be on podcasts? Yeah. Because right now my email box is it, literally every day, I probably get three people pitching to come on my podcast and I've developed a media kit and you know, a cut and paste pitch email to pitch myself or my admin pitches me to get on other people's podcasts. And so it's a, it's a push pull, but that is, um, that activity is something that you kind of have to learn what works and what doesn't work. One of the best ways to find out what doesn't work is getting pitched three times a day for people to come on your podcast <laughs> because you realize, um, you know, kind of like the, the, the stretch some people are taking in order to kind of align their content with what your audience is, or they obviously have some sort of PR or media agency working for them who are just like blanketing the podcast airwaves with, you know, pitching their client to get on a million shows. And it's obviously a formula letter that you're receiving. And there's nothing that turns me off faster than some sort of formula that says, hey, we've been listening to your show and we really like it. And it's like, okay, what's the name of my show? <laughs> what episode did you listen to? <laughs> you know? And there's like, um, so anyway, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, do's and don'ts, I think, around pitching yourself and being pitched um, because that's how you get on shows and that's how you get people on your show. Absolutely. One of the things that is funny with that, you say that, because I get, um, I have a solo podcast and I get people every, every day send me a message saying, I love the interviews of your show. And I'm thinking you do realize like this is, it's a solo show. <laughs> yeah, like, so the, you know, the blanketed emails are really bad. And I can imagine with someone like yourself as you're, you know, the fact that you've got, you're, you're a high profile in what you do. You've, you've got a big, you've got an audience, you're, you're a strong personal brand in your own right. I can imagine your inbox is absolutely bombarded with it so what makes you then to, to double that up then and to carry on with what you said which I, I love this topic what makes you choose somebody you're somebody who now would be i you know you're in the content mafia which you would call it you're in that space where you know you're in the know you know these people what would turn your head what would make you go i know i will i'll say yes to this show or or 
or even yes to that. I mean, that that's even more further, but yes to coming on the podcast, first of all, and then yes to having someone on. What, what would turn your head? And they're basically the same thing. It's like when I pitch a podcast that I want to be on, I try to take the approach or and the things that turn my head when people pitch me are the same things, which is you have to have really listened to the show. You have to know what is the theme and the type of content and the type of guests and the type of topics that they talk about on that show. It's always good to, um, in the first couple sentences of an email, say, you know, I've been listening to your podcast. You name the podcast. I was listening to X episode with X guest, and it was really interesting when you were talking about blah, 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 and maybe even give your point of view and say, I really agree with that. Or, you know, I found that really interesting. I'd love to dive into that with you on my show. Um, and just showing the fact that it's not a form letter, number one, that you've really listened, you really care about their show, you know who they are. And if, of the three emails I receive a day for people pitching themselves to be on my podcast, I would say one out of a dozen actually do that. And those are always the people that I respond to. Um, and so if you are pitching yourself, that's the thing I would recommend doing. Um, and if you're getting a lot of pitches for people to be on your show, then that's the thing that I would look look for because you want someone who's truly engaged and not just kind of like blanketing the podcast airwaves with with pitches. So how do you go around um, with with yours? Because you do you do seasons, which is really unique in podcasting. You do seasons, um, and they're all. You, know, you said you were said talking about this welfare. You you batch them, you season them out, then they're ready to go. How do you decide? Because I'm, I'm thinking about this with the creative, with the way that you work as a content creator, as a podcaster. How do you decide who makes the cut? And what I mean by that is, you must have if, you, if you've got a finite, I've got eight episodes. It must be quite hard as somebody. How, what? How do you decide that? Like that's an interesting thing to like to go. Yeah. Who are the eight? And, you know, yeah. do you have to prioritize clients that you think are doing really well? Do you have to like what's the what's the situation with that? How what goes through your mi- mindset with with that? Number one, what goes through my mind is what is the value that these people are going to deliver to my audience. That's number one, right? I know who my audience is. I know their the demographics. I know the top five content um, themes that they want to hear about. And so I judge by, is this person interesting? Are they bringing an interesting point of view that's going to be of value to the people who listen to my show? That's number one. Number two is, um, you know, uh, kind of two-sided. One is, who do I like? Who, who do I find interesting? Who would I find entertaining, fun to talk to? Like you're a really fun guy to talk to. Like we, we have a very easy conversation when we have been on each other's shows, right? Yeah. There are people that I've interviewed who are not really easy to talk <laughs> to, right? They're a little stiff or they, you know, kind of like a lot of pauses. And um, so number one, I'll have, you know, usually uh, a preview conversation with people to understand whether there's kind of a personality fit for one thing. Um, there are people who are partners of mine or in my sphere of influence who I find interesting and want to expose to my audience. That's one. Another one is, and to be honest with you, I'll just be really honest with you about this. This is a content mafia thing is that I, because my audience has been growing, I am more conscious about being on shows that are, have larger audiences now than I used to. 
meaning I get pitched a lot to be on shows and I only have a finite amount of time. So the number of shows that I come on, I do pay attention to how big their listenership is or how big that particular, um, how popular that particular uh, podcast personality is um, because I want to leverage their audiences. And you know, at the very beginning, I went on anybody's show. Anyone who had me, you know, would would get me. And but then I realized after a while um, that, you know, when some of those people started coming back um, for a second interview or whatever, I'd realize they didn't really have an audience. And so I was giving them a lot of value and I wasn't really getting any value in return. Um, so I had to kind of back off that a little bit. But that said, I still come on people's shows who don't have big audiences if they pitch me right <laughs> I, I think that's a really important thing to talk so you can see in the way you say it um and you know you said you know i've got to be honest about it i think it's i think it's a really thing you should wear on your sleeve because i don't think it's a bad thing and i've said this to a few people and i've said this in in some webinars i've done and some you know like i i um i actually lectured at oxford university about podcasting um recently during the during covid and that's what dude put that on your resume yeah, That's I know. Awesome. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, they just messaged me and said, "Would you like to come and do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, awesome." Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, That's and, a logo um, to put on your website. <laughs> yeah. So I did this thing, and one of the things I said that was exactly what you've just said is you have to make sure it's okay to to say like no to somebody if you are, um, you know, like if you think about the biggest celebrity in the world someone like the rock someone like some you know these massive celebrities they're not going to be saying yes to everybody and you have to think about that in your time and it always has to be and i said this to to the to the guys in the class said it's got to be a mutually beneficial exchange and if you are um either one or two things people either say yes and i know it with me when i got you on the first, on the show the first time i knew alex curtis and bob gentle so because you know somebody who i know then it's like okay i'll say yes cuz they've vouched to him you don't know who who I really am. So and that and I understand I respect that because you have to respect that at the beginning. You people you people won't know. So you've got to try and get your foot in the door. But you have to remember that it's okay. I think, you know, as as a podcaster, don't be annoyed if somebody massive like like you, like Christo, like like Nick, like all these people, they're not going to say yes because they get pitched it every single day. Yeah, to you the point, can't get you can't get hurt. No by that. To, to the point where I had, um, I don't know if you know Owen video. Um, so, uh, um, he's big, like a big YouTuber guy, always hosts vid summit. Um, the crazy uh, eccentric guy. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm yeah. blanking on his name too. Owen, Owen videos, his name is Owen Hen something. Um, but he, um, I, he came on the pod on my podcast and it was really interesting because he came on the show, but he, he didn't the first time. So I, I, I asked him and he said, yeah, sure. And then he, Go speak to my PA. Well, we always know what that means. So we we're like, <laughs> okay, cool. And um, but then what happened was over time, and this is what I love about you're talking about this content mafia. This shows just how powerful it is. Is what happened was he started to realize that he's friends with Nick, Roberto, and all this, and all of a sudden he went, he messaged me and said, Oh, I've had he said he couldn't get in, there was no time in his diary, and then all of a sudden he had a cancellation. He had the cancellation that was it. And, and, and there, but then he was brilliant because he was super honest because he came on the show and he said, I'm going to be really honest with you. I get pitched five to 10 times a day. And I did, I just thought, who's this guy? He said, but once I realized who you were, yeah, that you knew you all these yeah. other people. Yeah. You were an early capo in the mafia. Exactly. And that's where you, and that is where I think it's really important to, to highlight that is that you, 
you have to earn it. I think you do have to earn it. And so it's okay as you rise up to say, sorry, but you're not worth my time. And, but right you can now. also, um, Ash, you can also earn it through relationships. You don't necessarily have to earn it through having a big platform already. You can do it just through meeting people and being, um, you know, really authentic. For instance, I've been going to social media marketing world in San Diego for, this will be my fourth year this year. And that's the first time I ever met Roberto Blake in person. That's the first time I um, ever met Nick Nimmin in person. Um, that's how I got hooked up with the two buddy as a, as a brand relationship. And so by meeting people in person, watching them speak, going up to them after they speak and say, Hey, I really loved your, your talk. My name is Philip Van Dusen. I have a YouTube channel. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you are suddenly a face. You're suddenly a person. And then you can, you know, email them a couple of days after and then say, Hey, I was just a social media marketing world. It was great talking to you. And then they're like, Oh, okay. I actually talked to this guy. <laughs> and so then you're a human. And so you can do it through relationships. I kind of liken it to like, you know, the online job uh, application process in the United States anyway is massively and entirely broken. Like if you apply to a job um, online or on LinkedIn and you put in your resume, it's like throwing it into a black hole. Worst case scenario, you get sent to some website company website where you have to re-enter everything on your resume into a form, right? What a nightmare. And then you still don't hear anything. And so what you, in order to get a job these days, you have to network. So, you know, as many people, it's the sort of companies that you want to be at as possible because they are the people who are going to get your resume or your portfolio or your PDF onto the desk of the hiring manager. And if it comes from someone internal at that email address and says, Hey, look at this resume, this PDF, you have suddenly like jumped 500 people in the, in the bot queue in order to actually be looked at for this job. It's the exact same thing with podcasting. It's like, if you can learn someone who knows or meet someone who knows someone, and gets vouched for, like you were just saying. And suddenly someone makes the connection and says, oh, you know, Ash knows Bob Gentle, and I know Bob Gentle yeah. well, right? And I'm like, okay, so Ash is not some freak, right? Ash, <laughs> yeah. Ash is a normal guy. And so I, you know, I said, at that time, when I think I first came on your show, you didn't have a huge audience yet. And right. so I was like, okay, Bob says he's cool. I'll give him, I'll give him the time. You're actually my first, you weren't my first interview. I'd done lots of interviews before, but on the, the actual show, um, I, I, I privated lots and you're one of the first ones that I have on there. It's you and Mike Kim. Oh, that's cool. Like, which is your like, like episode one and two, I think you and Mike. And it was, you're right. Oh, like, you, guys, you, you had Mike Kim on? Yeah. Mike Kim was the second one. Yeah. So uh, I want, I want Mike Kim on my show and oh, I, I haven't had him on my show yet. All right. <laughs> so next time you talk to him, here's the thing, Ash, next time you talk to Mike Kim, Mention my name. Say I really yeah. want him on my show. I'm going to be reaching out to him. <laughs> Absolutely, no, I'll send it, yeah, I've and that's how it happens. Times, and it is how it happens because I had Mike through Bob. Bob knows. Bob knows everybody. But Bob, Bob knows Mike. But you're right, and that's how it works. And something's really interesting today. Um, Melanie, I can never pronounce her full name. The one the woman from Streamyard, Melanie. Um, I don't know. Oh, oh she's a Streamyard influencer, um, content creator. But you're funny because you literally just said it. I sent her a message on Instagram saying, Melanie, I'd love to have you on the show. And it went into the scene and then not responded to, but then she's friends with, I know a load of the guys down at StreamYard 
And um, she, and then she added me on Facebook and this is what it happens. And they go again. Oh, hi Ash. And she literally put, I get messages from so many freaks. I just thought you were just another one. And then she put, but yeah. I, a Christian has vouched for you. I'm like, okay, cool. And it's exactly what you say there. And in that content mafia kind of world that you're talking about, which I love, I don't know how, if, if, if you feel this, but if I go on people's podcasts now and I don't know them, it's usually because an email has come into, like I get emails with, from like Bo, uh, um, Rob Balasabas is a good friend of mine. Love Rob. And Rob will constantly, every week I'll get an email going, hi Ash, this is my friend. He'd be really good. And and I find that people start to network within the groups and my email inbox. And I noticed that like, it was email where people go, this would be a good connection. And do you find that it's a similar thing? Absolutely. And the best way to come on people's radar is to give them value. And mm. Because that's what Rob does. Rob is a, you yeah. know, the, he's a media guy for two buddy and super bright personality, very friendly. And he's always making, he's always matchmaking connections like that because he knows everybody, right. Who does <laughs> YouTube. And so he, he has his antenna up for like, who'd be great on whose show. And he introduces you to them. And then suddenly you, you are uh, a match made in heaven and you're leveraging each other's audiences and you're doing great podcasts or a great great you know youtube interviews and that's great for him and great for two buddy because then everyone goes oh wow you know rob from two buddy hooked me up with mike kim and yeah. so and suddenly you're like talking about two buddy on the show and they're not paying for it and they're like super happy right so if you can be a matchmaker that is a great way to come on everybody's radar right you're giving two people value at the same time by putting them together and they are beholden to you because you made that introduction so that's where this networking and just meeting people and even if you just say i'm going to meet a whole bunch of people and then i'm going to start thinking about like who would be great for who and and start making introductions like that I absolutely love it. I'm going to make me very conscious of your time. And obviously I've got to edit this back down. So I'm making sure I don't take it too long. Um, but what, um, if, if people want to connect with you, um, Philip, if they want to like learn more about what you do, they want to know what some of the best kind of resources out there. I mean, you do a hell of a lot of other stuff other than just what we're talking about here, you know, like, and you do, we were chatting about this off air, like how every time I look, I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's doing that thing. And he's doing this. And, and it's good. Like it's really, it's always high quality. Um, so where's the best place for people to go to? If you want to find basically anything that I do, you go to philipvanduson.com and there's, you know, I have a bunch of pull down menus, lots of different pages, my podcasts, my, uh, Facebook group, my mastermind groups, my one-on-one coaching, my agency work, my YouTube channel, all that stuff you can get to from philipvanduson.com. But I'm on YouTube under my name, Philip Van Dusen. Um, And then the other thing to remember is Brand Design Masters. Brand Design Masters is my brand, which is uh, my courses come through that. My podcast is called Brand Design Masters. My free Facebook group is called Brand Design Masters. Um, and so, yeah, that was a long-winded answer. But just oh, remember philipvandusen.com and that'll get you there. I always use your website when I refer to your website, when I'm thinking, how does he do it? Cause your content is so good and your branding is so good. Whenever I'm trying to do my website, I look and go, all right. My website is not good though. <laughs> I gotta well, seriously redo my website. It, it was good when, when I was looking at it like a couple of years ago. <laughs> like, okay. I, I use it as like a, you, you're, you're very consistent. You have this very consistent branding look. And I love that. Like, cause your newsletter is, I don't know if it's, is it the brand muse still coming out? Yeah. Is that because I love that? Like the problem is when I was in the personal branding space trying to do all that stuff, you're you took all the great names. 
Um, all of the best names have been taken. I was thinking, I can't do that. I can't say that. He's done this. They're just epic. So, you, you know, someone would think you potentially were good at branding. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I try. So there you have the content mafia. Did you know about that? Did you even think about it before? It makes sense, doesn't it? Why you always see the same people on the same shows. And I think Philip's breakdown of it and his observation of it and how he's got into it himself it's really, really important. So you can try and think yourself, how can you get into that same circle? How can you have the same people on your shows, share that love, share that reciprocity and build your audiences together? If you found this for episode value, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to the podcast. And if you have any questions, throw them in any of the comments on any of the YouTube videos and we will answer them there. My name's Ash Borland. You've been watching the podcast Creators Hub or listening to it wherever you are. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.